0: To see so many guys back here and so excited for just man, the summer. Like, I can't believe how fast it's been going. And uh, man, I'm loving this series. I don't know about you guys, but um, I just love the idea that we equip each other like, we are we need each other. It's a scary thought, right? You're like, we're all we got, we all were like, you got me, I got you. It's a scary thought, right? So, um, tonight, uh, if you've been following along of the past uh, Several weeks we've been following just Ephesians uh, chapter four, and we're gonna read the text here in a, f- a few moments uh, about how you and I have been specifically called to be equipped to equip others. And uh, so last week we talked about the heart revealer and the prophet. And so uh, now we're gonna talk about the storyteller, which is the evangelist. And I always like to start with a, a story. And uh, this story, and ironically, uh, Camille can't be here, she's at home with Scarlett. Um, but I have Scarlett's little headband, ironically. Um, it was left somewhere and it got returned to me tonight. So I'm gonna put that little item there. Uh, but she's like just now starting to like make like vowels, like blah blah blah. You know, and you're like, was that daddy? Or you know, like you're like trying to like pull an interpretation of like what she's really trying to say, and then she goes to Cheerios and like blah blah blah, you know, like there's no <laughs> significance to me there. But she's getting close. Like she's she's like starting to like get it. And um, you know, you teach like babies like sign language. I don't know if you guys know this, like, but you can teach them like a sign that's like you know all done. You know, this is all done. And somehow she like got that reversed. And so anytime she wants something, she does this now. We're like, how did this happen? Like we have a communication breakdown. And we're like, uh, more? I don't I don't know what this means now. And so we're just starting to communicate with our daughter. And there's one thing I am looking so forward to one day. So I'm looking forward to one, you know, when I can talk to her and just have like conversation, but I am, I cannot wait for her to ask this one question. She asks, Daddy, why did you marry mommy? I'm like, so looking forward to that. And I'll, I'm going to be like, sit down, you know, like I'm going to like, <laughs> all ready for this. <clears throat> and I'm going to tell like, you know, we were in college and and there's this girl and daddy didn't think that, you know, he could ever have a chance with, with her. And like, she was so hot, correction, she is so hot. And, and you know, she just was like amazing. And we met in the laundry room and I hadn't done laundry for like nine months. And after that, I did laundry every day to see if I could like run across her after that. And and then we started dating and, and uh, <clears throat> you know, the, when I touched her hand, like my heart just jumped when, you know, all, like, I can't wait to tell every detail. I would drive nine hours through the night back and forth from Santa Barbara to Davis and Dixon to see her. Like I'd leave at like 11 p.m. and I'd have like a final the next morning. It was like totally brutal and just, you know, I, I sold my dirt bike for a honeymoon. Like I can't wait to tell her every detail because I love Mommy so much. She drove me crazy and it wasn't that she was beautiful because she she is. It wasn't because she's funny because you guys know that she's hilarious. It's because at my heart, when I encountered her heart, I knew I could not live life without being connected to that heart. I cannot wait to tell her that. And now that's the story that I cannot wait to share. But let me me flip the other side of that coin. Now, what if my same little girl asks, Daddy, why did you marry Mommy? And what if I answered just short And just said, because I didn't want to die alone. Can you imagine like the look of disappointment? (laughs) Like, you know, like you get the really? Or like, what if like I answered, well, it's because, you know, my parents were married, so I became married. (laughs) Seems like a good reason. Well, or what if like, I don't know? (laughs) Be pretty lame, right? Really the lamest answer in the history of mankind. Now let me just like flip it on for you guys. You are married to Jesus if you believe Jesus in your heart. You are married to him. So if someone asks you, why are you married to Jesus? I don't know. I didn't want to go to hell. I know like my parents were Christians. I grew up that way. Or what about the, I don't know. I just, it's just. You know, something. Aren't those the same answers? Isn't that like the biggest letdown? Are you guys connecting here? There's a difference that, that we look at the modern church, I think, largely, and we, we talk all about what we don't want, what we didn't want. We justify what we have and what we, you know, wanted by what we didn't really want. And the evangelist is, is, is a gifting to try and reconcile. It's not about what we didn't want. We didn't want hell. We wanted Jesus, We wanted life. We wanted to be in his presence. We want to be part of him. And so this whole series is all about that we partner with God to redeem the world. You and I all together. And the verse and passage that we look through is Ephesians 4. We're going to put it on the screen real quick. It says 4, verse 11 through 12, and then 14 through 16. It says, As he gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ, verse 14. As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming, but speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every, that's every one of us, joint supplies according to the proper workings of each individual part, comma, It causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. The only difficult thing about Paul is like, can I get a period anywhere in there? You know, it's like, comma, 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 comma. Essentially, here's a breakdown, is that Christ has given us gifts. You are the gift. He's given a gift as apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. He's given us those gifts because that's who Christ is. If Christ is in us and those are his attributes, Like, some of those attributes should be coming forth from us. And so you are the gift. And the challenge is, like, which giftings is Jesus really showing through me? Which giftings has he given me that are his that are coming through everything I do? And there's a guy named J.R. Woodward. I want to give him credit because these terms and, and renaming these things have been so revolutionary for me. We know that the apostle, because, again, this all sounds, like, really intimidating, like, ooh, kind of spooky, you know. Like the apostle is, is the, uh, the dream awakener and the, the prophet is the heart revealer, the person who reveals the heart of God, and the evangelist is the storyteller, the pastor is the soul healer, and the teacher is the life giver, and so tonight it's all about the storyteller, the evangelist, and the evangelist, it's, it's not a Bible storyteller. The storyteller is the person who tells the story of God through the story of their life, their individual journey. And they help us understand that we all cumulatively are part of the grand story of God that is unfolding now. You guys with me? That they tell the story of God through the story of their life. And they welcome us to know that we are playing a part of that grand story that's unfolding right now. They also are are people that are just living the good news. They're just oozing the good news like life is awesome, life is amazing, Jesus is, you know, all those great things, and they cultivate a community where people feel welcome. If there's one thing that we want here is we want people to feel welcome, look up to total strangers, like, let's go, like, eat burritos or, like, do something, you know, and and that's something we want, and it's part of having people be a part of our body because it's a family. God calls us to that. Another way to think about it is an evangelist looks at the world and says, I'm going to heaven, and I'm going to take as many people with me as I can. You know, they're just like charged. They're like, there's billions of people, you know, that don't know Christ yet. But how do we know, like, what are like the, the signals, the signs, the attributes, the characteristics of the storyteller? And as we go through these, these are like some things to make a note wise, because we need to be aware of the storytellers that are emerging in our group we need to equip those. We need to give them the microphone. We need to send them out. We need to fund their missions. We need to we need to do everything. We need to put our full entire weight behind the people that have these giftings. Everything. If we don't do that, we're we're we're, we're existing to serve ourselves and that's not what this is about, people. We're about to get fully behind the giftings of God in us and totally rally and so we need to know like who has these giftings so we can get behind them and then also call forth the giftings that are still rising. And are you one? Right? Man, maybe were like, whoa, this is like really sounds familiar to me, you know? So that's the whole point. So the first thing is a storyteller. If you're taking notes, the storyteller exists for the hearts of people not to push information. The storyteller exists for the hearts of people not to push information. The mission of a storyteller is to do a heart transplant on six billion people is to do a heart transplant for all the people out there that don't know Jesus, to do a heart transplant to those. Because you know that w- the world doesn't need information about God, right? I mean, like, like, I know there's, like, some areas. There's a village, right? Like, somebody hasn't heard Christ, and they die. Where do they go? Like, you know, we get all those questions. We know that, that there are areas of the world that Christ has not been proclaimed. I get that. But I'm talking largely. We see the stats of, like, the American church just, like, declining. Why? people know about God, I just don't think they like his followers. They don't, they don't like what they're saying about him. <laughs> you know, like when you know what someone thinks about you, it changes everything. You know, like you, I could say, hey, do you know Steve? I don't know him at all. Well, he says you're a dirtbag. You're like, well, I think he's a jerk too. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, if you think God doesn't like you, you're not going to like God, him very much either. And, but we have a problem where I think that sometimes the church is like, whoa, we, we need to like tell people about Jesus and we need to tell people about hell and like the Trinity and all these different things. And I mean, like there's such a thing as Wikipedia, right? I, I just was like, oh, well, I wonder what Wikipedia says about Jesus. This is pretty interesting. Christians traditionally believe that Jesus was born of a virgin, performed miracles, founded the church, died sacrificially by crucifixion to achieve atonement, rose from the dead, ascended into heaven from which he will return. i that's pretty dang good, right? You're like, yeah, that sums it up. You know, like right there in like one sentence, all of like Christianity is like summarized for the world to have. And it's like, if you're telling someone those facts, they're gonna be like, and? You know, like what else? People largely know about God, but they, they don't know who Jesus, is. that's the challenge for the storyteller. The story of the teller, uh, the challenge for the storyteller it is to do one thing, is tell the story that we have direct access to Jesus. It's to say that Jesus now lives inside of us. We are his temple. We have direct access. We have the mind of Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. It's all these beautiful things that the, the, the storyteller gives the new social order that we have access. We have given a heart transplant to ourselves by receiving Christ. And the story of how that, that goes is, is to have people say, I want my own story of God. That they would compel with their story, with their life, that, that they would say, man, I want one of those for myself. A storyteller would also say that there is no such thing as an unbeliever, just people who have not heard the right story yet. There's no such thing as an unbeliever. There's only people who have not heard the right story yet. One time, I had a neighbor, and he got saved, and it was like the easiest thing ever. He was like, you know, like, can I pray for you? Yeah, all right, cool. Text message, I'm ready to see Christ now. Okay, I'll go over. You know, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> that was easy. You know, like, I just bought him breakfast as like a breakfast burrito, and that was it. But I had no idea that like 12 years had been sown into him about trying to bring him to Christ. That That he was at a point where I just... Whatever formula I had at that moment, the seed was ripe for the picking, I don't know. It wasn't me, but we need to know that there's not a one-size-fits-all to Jesus. Like We need to know that, man, God has given us such diversity and he's also given us such creativity to be diverse with the gospel. He's given us such a, a command to use the gospel to be the right story, the right story. You know what the wrong story is? You're going to hell. The end. That's the wrong story, amen? Some of you are like, I don't know, no. amen? That's the wrong story. Which leads me to number two is that a storyteller tells a story of the heart of God, not the story of hell, not the story of hell. This is really key, because the good news is God so loved the world that he sent his son, not God so hated sin that he created a place for eternal suffering. A little more truth than you like, right? God so loved the world, He sent His Son. Not God so hated sin that He created a place for people to suffer forever. Which are the one? Which one are we? We proclaiming? Which one are we living? I was uh, about a year ago. I was in Monterey, and I have software that helps like people with like events, you know, sell tickets. And uh, one of them was for a beer festival, and. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of beer, but I went because our software's being used there, just oversee it. And uh, all these guys, they're like running this huge event, and afterwards I stayed till the end. Like, let's go get dinner. It's like, sure, let's go get dinner. Afterwards, let's go get cigars. Sure, I'll go get cigars. Why not, you know? And we're standing on like the street corner, right? And we're having cigars and just talking and, you know, just building rapport. they like totally opened up. They're just like sharing life and sharing like challenges and, well, my marriage is like kind of crazy and I don't know what to do. And so we're sitting there, and all of a sudden comes walking this guy. And he's like handing us stuff, and these guys are like, what on earth? And, and he hands me the, this, this uh, you know, booklet, and I open up this booklet, and it's this illustration. It's the freakiest thing ever. It starts with a woman who disobeys like her parents, I think, and then she gets into smoking, and then she gets into drugs, and then she starts like sleeping around, then she's in a hospital to HIV, then she dies, and she goes to hell. And it's like, this could have been prevented. And I'm wondering, like, I'm sitting here, and I'm not like trying to blow my cover, but I'm thinking like, okay, if God was here, and he's looking at this, I think he really would say, what the in the hell were you thinking? <laughs> Literally. Like, really? Like, who drew those cartoons? <laughs> like, how do you pull yourself to do that? And he was all like, you know, he had these facts. And he would tee you up like, you know, is there is there such thing as truth? And before someone can answer, it's like, of course there's absolute truth, There's God and only one God. And we we're just like in steamrolled. And we took this for like 15 minutes and the guys were like, just they're so bummed. And I'm like, Bro, bro. <laughs> really? You <laughs> know, I kinda I was like, man, uh and he was like I told him, like, I'm a believer, and he's like, oh, sweet, let's get these guys saved. And it's like, no, you're missing the whole point here. You're missing it all. I was like, you could debate creation. You could debate the Dead Sea Scrolls. You could debate all these different things. But one thing that these guys cannot debate is the power of God in your life. The one thing that they cannot refute is the transformation that you have walked out by possessing Jesus. Do you have a story like, anything is better than, anybody can hand out a pamphlet. Anybody can hold up a sign. But not everybody has your story. Not everybody can communicate it in the way that someone says, whoa, that is what happened in your life? People know about hell. I'm not trying to say that we don't, we don't tell people that there is such thing as hell, but it should never be the driver. Why because God did not create men to save their souls from hell. God created men so we'd have a relationship with him. And when people tell the story of hell, they do more damage to the heart of God than anything else. And, and maybe, and the, the, the fire and brimstone, it, let, me, let me be absolutely clear. You can get up here and you, you, can, you can give a sermon about hell and about the awful things that may or take place in hell. And you could do an altar call and people who don't know Jesus, they would come forward. It happens all the time. And you may have people that physically run to the altar at the sound of hell, but they are spiritually running away from the heart of God. In the name of bringing people to God, they're really not making sons of God, they're making sons of hell. They're making sons of hell when you use hell as the motivator to bring people to God because their entire motivation, their entire frame is that I don't want to experience that, and so I'll go over here. Like, what meaningful relationship would I have with my wife that says, if you don't marry me, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> well, that's pretty intense. You're like, and if she really didn't feel like she had any option, would I ever have her heart? Would I ever have her heart? No. We live to have a heart transplant with Jesus to know that that man, he he sent his son so that we could be reconciled to him. Not that we would run from eternal damnation, but when we use hell, we're using fear to draw people. And when you use fear. To bring people to God, you're partnering with evil. You really are. First John 4:18 says this, there is no fear in love but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. And we know God is love, right? So I'm gonna reread that and just replace love with God and this makes a whole lot more sense. There is no fear in God. But God drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in God. If you're not telling the good news, if you're not sharing about the power of your story, about your life, you're just selling fire insurance, aren't you? You're just selling fire insurance unless you're telling the story of a God redeeming your heart. The third thing, a storyteller, is he goes beyond words and uses his life to tell the story. Again, you can, you can share details. I, I, don't, I don't know a single soul that has ever been like, you know, someone gave me a really hard math equation, that's how I came to Christ. Or like, someone showed me an encyclopedia of like some carbon dating. Oh man, it really got me. You know, like, I don't know anybody who's ever come to Christ by like this logical reasoning. I don't. But God is so faithful that when we are surrounded in, in, in community that, that man, he prepares hearts, right? We got to live intentionally to know that, that our lives preach a sermon. Our, how we live and what we do with our lives, like, they prepare the way for us to have an opportunity. My friend who got saved, my neighbor, like, he came to me because he's like, your life kind of seems a little more put together. Mine's in shambles right now. And that, that ironically is what gave me the opportunity to tell him about Jesus. It wasn't anything, like, I didn't set any appointment up, like, Calendar on Thursday, bring Tommy to, you know, I didn't, you know, it wasn't anything like that. But our lives, they tell a story too, beyond our words, how we make decisions, are we at peace? Are you at peace? So it's like, my peace I give you. I'm the prince of peace, that's our king, he's inside us. If you don't have peace and you're like, yeah, Jesus brings us peace, and the guy's like, how's it working for you? You're like, not so well. It's not gonna be that great of a story. You know, you have to embody it. Like, you have to know that, that, you know, we live in a fallen world, we certainly have struggles. Don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to say we live perfect lives, but sometimes our lives will unintentionally discredit our story. When I was uh, in high school, I raced motocross, and I was out there, and, and uh, I got, like, really into, like, the motocross scene, and whatever reason it was, like, swearing, was really, really cool. It, I mean, I just, I can't get into it now. Uh, not like I've tried recently, but I just, it's, it's something I was like in high school. Like, I could, I could swear with a, a verb, a noun, an adjective, and a pronoun all, like, in one sentence, you know? And it was just kind of deal. But, but then, what, here's what happened. In the middle of that, a guy asked me about Jesus. You're like, mm. <laughs> I got nothing for you. You know, like, you just feel, like, totally, like, whatever I say now, you're going to be thinking about what I just said. And I totally chickened out. I didn't have faith that God could overcome how I totally blew it with my actions. And I totally chickened out. we got to know that sometimes, like, people are listening and watching that the most, the most powerful story that you tell is with your life. Your life must be attributes that are desirable, victorious, inspirational, because essentially when, when storytellers are, are, are living amongst us, what they're doing is saying, choose Jesus like me and your life will look like my life. For some people, it's like really scary. You're like, no one should look like my life, you know. But that's, like, that's true, that Jesus in us, that when he goes into someone else's life, like man, there, there's something that happens that they should be able to see, they should be able to know and feel and say, yeah, that's, that's, I can sign up for that. Jesus always showed compassion as well. Jesus was always patient. He, you know, it's like there's never one area in the Bible where like Jesus was running because he was late. <laughs> you know, he wasn't like, oh man, I'm so late. I got to run. I got to cancel that appointment at the lake. You know, like he was always calculated. He was always like responding to the opportunities. He didn't overtry, you know. Jesus didn't like push down he he responded to those around his life was an act of responding maybe your your gifting is not to be the evangelist that's you know equipping other evangelists and those things, but all of us should be having the good news living through us right and maybe sometimes we overthink we are like well we got to host an outreach you know we got to go we got to go do evangelism rather than be evangelism if we just simply respond to those around us that just The hurting around us will have greater opportunity. Number four, Paul, sorry, number four, a storyteller is strategic. Paul in 1 Corinthians 9.13 says this, I have become all things to all people, so that by all means some will be saved. How you live your life will be a gateway to ears opening up for your story. How you live your life will give credibility, will open ears up and then you have full access you know, being strategic means that one size doesn't fit all, right? Like, we can be strategic and like, well, you know, this people group certainly needs to have, uh, you know, we need to, we need to reach this, this group. You know, West Sac, come save West Sac. I don't care. Like, what are we going to do? We're going to go there. You know, like, we can be strategic about bringing the stories to the people, certainly. But sometimes we need to get creative. Sometimes, like, the Let's bring them to church ploy isn't enough. People like, there's a lot of people who don't like four walls and a steeple. They're like, I'm cool with Jesus, I just don't like his followers. There's a, a documentary, I think it's like, Jesus, save us from your followers. And it's kind of like talking about this. It's a really powerful film. And, um, but here's, here's the point. Is that if we don't live creatively and strategically as storytellers, we're not gonna have anybody who listens. You want to be really outside the box, because I always love like, pushing the envelope, is uh, if you want to have like, a really fun conversation, the next time someone asks you what you do for a living, just tell them that you uh, terrorize hell. <laughs> what do you do for a living? I terrorize hell. <laughs> really, what does that mean, you know? You say, well, the devil's really afraid of me, because I've been given power to defeat his works on earth here. I've been given Jesus, and I'm kicking his freaking butt right now. You're like, I, I go to a, a hell terrorism training camp. I'm terrorizing the hell out of hell. <laughs> I mean, you, you want to be able to tell a story. Why can't we say that? Isn't that the truth? If you're not living that as like the reality, I don't know what reality you're living on. That's, that's the truth here. we are like, well, man, aren't you afraid of the devil? No, the devil's afraid of me. <laughs> that's how it's supposed to be. Lastly, A storyteller helps others learn to tell their story. This is the equipping part. This is where we help each other. The storyteller helps others learn to tell their story. And it starts here. That every, every place of victory in your life is a story to be told. Every place of victory in your life is a story to be told. It doesn't matter if like you quit smoking yesterday. Let's tell the story. Wow, hey, we can celebrate that. Why not? Why? It's because we know in Revelation that we will overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. You can be one millisecond away from your addiction to alcohol and we can celebrate that, Amen? amen? Why not? Who says that you have to pass a whole benchmark? Every victory in your life is a story waiting to be told because somebody else needs to hear that story. The reason we're being intentional about the testimonies before service is that we can kind of feel like, whoa, we're not alone. Man, we don't got. If you think we got it figured out, you don't know us because we don't got anything figured out. But everybody's got their stuff. Everybody's got their challenge. The question is, are you are you experiencing victory on any scale? I'm not talking about. I've been 80 years sober. Like, that's great. But it doesn't do anything for the guy who last night blew it. It's like, I just need to celebrate today. The fact that I'm standing up straight is a miracle right now. Why don't we celebrate that? So storyteller comes alongside people. It doesn't matter, like, if you go to Dave's house, like, he has the most amazing breakfast burritos. Like, you could say, like, Dave, you're so gifted from God to make these breakfast burritos. Like, you know, it is something worthy to be celebrated. Like, we can get around those things, but a storyteller looks at every single insignificant detail that we pass by and makes it something to blow up for the Lord. Hallelujah that we have a 200-foot slip and slide. Right? Why why is that not worship? (laughs) Our bodies are a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. That is your spiritual act of worship. Sacrifice on that slide is worship. I mean, it's biblical. We need to allow people to celebrate life in ways they're not used to celebrating. So storytellers help bring those people forward, help them find the words for their stories and help tell them. And as the band comes up, I just wanna just leave a couple quick notes on this last point here. That as storytellers equip other storytellers, the real story becomes the people. The real story becomes the people you know, we, we have maybe a reputation for being like the people who, how do they get insurance? Or like, you know, they have big wheels or, you know, I don't know. Like, you, you hear about different things about maybe us uh, that you, you would think that we have like these posters. Like, here's, you know, Will on a tiny bicycle. Um, <laughs> odd things. I don't know why it's a poster, but it is. It was really funny at the time. And we were like, well, let's put it. oh, there's a slip and slide right there. Uh, but you know what the, the most famous thing about this group is? It's the people. It's the people. I met a person like two months ago. I was like, hey, where are you from? I'm from Santa Cruz. <laughs> you know, it's Sacramento, right? Are you like going to school here? No, I just came up. Really? Like, you're like, why? <laughs> and like, I just, I heard like there's just really authentic people here. Wow. wow. As we're telling the story, the story, yes, the underlying story is God, but the overall story, the story that gets famous is the people. Jesus, if you remember, he spent time with 12 people. And he, when he died, his ministry exploded because the people that were surrounded him made his story famous, and their story became famous, and they became famous, and that replicates today in us, that first our stories are what lead us, but then who we become in the process is so much more important. Dietrich Bonhoeffer says this, that the church is only the church when it exists for others. The church is only the church when it exists for others. If we're not equipping storytellers, if we're not finding storytellers, if we're not telling stories, we're not living for anybody else. It's powerful that God has given us all these giftings, and and at the end of this series, we're gonna tie all these things together, so let me just read a couple quick things. There's a few things like I left out of here and I just want to read these real quick and, and just, just reflect on yourself if this is you, then these are just indicators that maybe, maybe this is you. Is I have a heart for those who are far from God. I feel frustrated that church communities are often inward oriented. I feel my faith is more about who I am outside the church than when I'm in church. I can adapt to whatever surroundings I'm put in I'm strategic in what I say before I say it. I believe my life should speak louder than my words. I can be bold and speak my mind, although sometimes my mouth ruffles feathers. <laughs> it's a good little ending there on that. I believe that Jesus is coming back, possibly in my lifetime. If we don't believe that Jesus like has the potential to come back like, in our lifetime, then we're not very motivated. I think Jesus could come back any I know what could have been without Jesus in my life. I know what could have been without Jesus in my life. I get excited when I have people's attention. I love to talk and share. And it is important to me that I have unsaved friends. Some of us, like, we live in holy huddles. It's not biblical. That's all right. Some of us, we love to have unsaved friends. It's awesome. Don't feel bad. Don't, like, all of us, We should have like people that aren't saved that are in our life. That's why we exist. If we're closing ourselves off, we're missing the boat. Why don't we all stand and Eric's gonna come and lead us into ministry time.